0: grab a bowl and dig into this. The Serial Entrepreneur by Startups Magazine. We interview the most innovative startups at the moment, entrepreneurs that are making a mark and those dedicated to helping startups succeed. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Serial Entrepreneur podcast. Today I'm joined by Zahi Weisfeld, GM at Intel Ignite. Intellignite is a deep tech startup accelerator program. Its mission is to fuel a global ecosystem of deep tech innovation by empowering a diverse network of founders, mentors, domain experts, and investors. So welcome to the show today.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: So we always begin with our signature icebreaker question, which is what's your favorite breakfast cereal and why?
1: Well, I love cereal. I think... I like uh, lately more muesli, you know, with some yogurt, so with some oats and nuts and, and fruit and honey and a lot of flavor.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's a really popular option for a lot of people. I think I'm still on the chocolate cereals, though. <laughs> so would you be able to introduce yourself and tell me a bit about your background?
1: Sure. So um, Zach Weisfeld, i an inter- entrepreneur for most of my life. So almost almost 30 years now, about eight years in Silicon Valley, the rest out here in Tel Aviv. I'm I'm in Israel in Tel Aviv. Built different sizes of companies, from bootstrapping uh, to raising about 120 million dollars and selling to Google, close to nothing, few exits. Uh, but also one of the things I've been focused on almost 14 years now is is connecting large technology corporations with startups. I used to run uh, Microsoft for startups, 110 countries. I've started the Microsoft Accelerators, uh, Bangalore, Beijing, Shanghai, Berlin, London, Paris, Seattle, Sydney, and Tel Aviv. And then about almost five years ago, the former CEO of Intel, uh, Bob Swan, asked me to join Intel to build something similar to what I've done at at Microsoft and built our early stage startup program here. So I'm all about uh, reinventing uh, big tech corporations through the work with startups and, and doing it in a in a very different uh, way from a founder perspective.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So what exactly is Intel Ignite and what are you trying to achieve with it?
1: So Intel Ignite is, is Intel's early stage startup program. Um, it's an accelerator program for deep tech startups. So we take companies at late seed, so average funding of an Ignite company before they join us is about six, $7 million. So it's not yet series A and it's not early C. It's somewhere in the middle. It's pretty hard to get in. So only about 4% of companies get accepted to the program. And then they join us for 12 weeks of so very, very intense acceleration program where we touch almost everything they're going to deal with from, funding to product market fit to product to technology to uh customer access every, almost every aspect uh, even when needed to discuss if the CEO is the right CEO maybe there's another co-founder maybe there's someone else if there's an investor on the on the cap table that shouldn't be there because there's not gonna they're not gonna to get their next investment uh, around without changing that so it's deep it's very intimate and it's focused on deep tech startups
0: yeah, fantastic. So how do startups benefit from taking part in accelerator programs?
1: So this is a general question. I think I think accelerator programs could be great and could be a waste of time. It, it really depends. Some I know some VCs are pretty much against accelerator programs. It kind of the startups that can't make them make it by themselves should go to an accelerator program. I think this is some of, of the opinions out there. I think the with the right program, it could help a lot. It could increase your valuation in in a significant way, and it could make the the journey much easier. It's a hard journey. Being a founder, starting a startup, uh, running a startup is super hard. It's hard. It's lonely. It's challenging. Your, your ups are super high. Your lows are super low, and and you're alone in many many of the of the things you do having the right support infrastructure is super critical. So a good accelerator program is a great support infrastructure. Now, what, what's I think unique about us is Ignite is run by a group of founders. So all of the managing directors across the world, so Ignite operates now in in Tel Aviv, in Munich for Europe, in London for the UK, and in Boston for the US. And all of them, these are, they're successful entrepreneurs because. They are entrepreneurs and they build a program that they would wish they had when they ran their own startup. So it's like the the concept is let's dream of what's the best support infrastructure for founder would look like and what would we wanted to have when we ran our own startups. So that's that's the first uh, um, um, aspect. And we we call it co-founder as a service. That's what we do. We want you to look at us as your co-founder and, and help you from that position, not your employee, not not your board member, not your VC, but actually a co-founder. And, and the good programs, would deal with every aspect. Not, again, you would expect us to deal with the technology. We're Intel, we're a big tech company, but we will deal with your storytelling and we'll deal with your customer access and we'll deal with your relationship with your co-founder as well as with your spouse at home, as much as it sounds weird, but some, sometimes it's your only main and only support infrastructure and you need to make sure that's working as well in the process. So again, a good program will deal with all of these issues and we'll do it from the right for the right reasons.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask, so how does Intel Ignite specifically support startups throughout their journey?
1: So as I, as I said, it's, it's, we support startups in every aspect. So starts with product market fit. So figuring out who do you sell to? What are their needs? We will sit with you on customer calls and help you analyze what you've just heard. Uh, we'll go through, help you with the decision of features, uh, versus customer or prospect lists and, and what should you, uh do first and or next we, we we not do it we don't do it just by you know bringing us into the fold ignite works again this this 12-week program works in pod. so every location every every country we have a, a, a pod the pod is built out of five people there's a managing director as i mentioned there's a serial entrepreneur that acts as this uber mentor for the startups then we have a cto which is a very senior technologist someone that's built products before and understand software understand uh, SaaS, understand hardware um, can can help bring that experience as well as connections from the technology uh, uh, deep technology uh, world Uh, we have an ops manager that runs the program on a day-to-day and and builds the curriculum and brings the speakers and we have a deal flow manager that constantly looks for new startups Uh, as i said earlier only four percent of the companies that apply to the program and then we have a value creation person that's think of a biz dev person that constantly looks for opportunities for the startups um, in the program so that's the pod now beyond the pod, the the pod there are the mentors the program is very mentor heavy and every startup there are 10 startups uh, in a batch every startup gets an industry mentor that's um usually a serial entrepreneur that built companies before and takes that one company, one-on-one, engages with them like a super active board member on a weekly basis, then they get an Intel mentor. And that mentor usually builds a small army of four or five people from within the company, from sales, from uh, um, the hardware team, the software team, sometimes legal finance depends. And again, for these 12 weeks, these mentors will meet with the startups on a weekly basis and help them build their company, make that a much more solid company. So that's uh, that's uh, what we do. We have basically four engines. Uh, the mentorship is the first engine, uh, as I said, external and internals. Then there is uh, the curriculum, which is uh, we don't work with consultants usually. These are all practitioners. So. Uh, Co-founder and VP of R&D of one of the largest startups, for example, in Israel called Rapid, uh, or from Wiz here, the, the chief product officer, will come and do a session on building a product, right? And then do office hours with the company. So that's the, the, the content. The third thing is something called Founder Circle. So on a weekly basis, the startups will spend around an hour and a half or two hours with the successful entrepreneurs, a little bit of war stories, but then an intimate discussion of how do they do things what's the way that they do uh, certain things and what they can learn from that and build their network. And then the last thing that we do is the work that, that the Ignite team does on a weekly basis, which is mostly integration of all that information and data and how now to take it forward and 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 operate as a startup with all that data. So that's what we do. Super intense. I think all the startups go through the program, tell us it, it was a very it was a hard experience, but. They would have done it again and again so it's intense deals with everything
0: it's intense but also sometimes you've got to have a challenge to learn
1: yes you need to be challenged by people that can add value that have done that before you know have the right experience and 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 also give you the right network network is super critical right and Having a brand like Intel, you know, you can say multiple things about Intel. The one thing, it's a very trusted brand in the technology world, right? It's been there for many, many years. It's known as a very trusted brand. And the great thing, especially for early-stage startups, if you get a company like Intel to pick you out of, you know, only 4% of the people that apply and and work with you, um, that's a huge value when you go to uh, get your... Uh, customers, as well as get your investments, if you've been picked by Intel, which is not taking things easily, you know, we, we, we uh, take things very seriously when when we do them, that's a big word of validation for these startups.
0: Yeah. So what advice would you give to entrepreneurs that are looking to join an accelerator program?
1: So you need to look for a few things. First of all, who drives the program? You know, who are the people behind the program? What have they done before? Right. And as I mentioned, what we like about what we do and the way we do it is that people in the program, have our founders, they've done that before, they, they've been through the journey. So who runs the program? Is it funded well enough? The challenge in the accelerator world, accelerator is, a ba- is, is, is actually a bad business model. It's very hard to make money as an accelerator because you know one out of six or uh, two out of 10 companies will be successful then, but you need to invest six, seven, eight years until they're successful and and it's if especially if you're equity based it's 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 not an easy business model so is the program funded well who is the sponsor of the program right what kind of if if it's a corporation if it's a group of corporations you know ignite started by uh, intel ceo it was part of the ceo office it reports now to intel cto to greg lavender it, it is it's strategic for the company so who sponsors it and then what kind of network and what's the value of the network you're going to get by being part of the program? You know, people love Y Combinator, right? Right? I think one of the big things about Y Combinator is the network of people that are engaged with Y Combinator. Right? It's an amazing network. So it, it's the, these things are important, and the most important thing, and maybe the way to make the decision, is talk to graduates. Talk to as many graduates of the program you can, not the ones that you're just you've been referred to. Go go online, look at for the graduates, and go and pick up the phone and say, Hey, you know, I'm I'm evaluating. I want to join that program. Would you recommend? Why Why would I join it? And why not? And I think this is the the most important piece in in picking a program is go and talk to people that actually went through
0: it. Yeah, definitely. You've got to know what you're getting yourself into if you're applying.
1: Yeah, it knows the pros and cons. And by the way, it doesn't. It's not always the fit for everyone, and and even people that. I've graduated there not everyone gets the same value and and we don't get it right all the time sometimes for a variety of reasons the wrong mentor the whatever it is it's it's there's i don't know many things in life that are hundred percent sure neither this you know being part of a program
0: yeah definitely so how do you measure the long term success of the startups that have gone through your program
1: so there are there are multiple ways the 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 easiest but maybe not the best but the easiest way to measure is is funding right so we look at the portfolio and we look at at how many and how much money did the companies get right how many of them got funded and and how well is the funding so our Portfolio. We're a fairly young program and our portfolio have raised more more than $1.7 billion and they're raising pretty fast. So they, this is the easiest measure. Again, may may not be the best one, but the easiest to measure. Then the other one, which is a bit harder to measure, is business traction. How many customers, revenues and conversion. Now, the reason it's hard because especially in our case, we work with deep technology companies. Let's say you're in the quantum space. Yes, you, have some, you may have some early prospects, but you know, that world has still yet to, to, to be major business. So, so it really, really depends, but we know how many engagements they have and how do they convert and how successful they are with these engagements. So it's, it's a variety of ways. Now there's, on the other hand, we also measure the value for Intel, right? And what do we learn from the program? You know, how many so we did an acquisition, uh, or how many investments have we made through to companies in the portfolio? How many business engagements we've had? And we're very proud that actually a fairly large number of our uh, portfolio uh, companies have done significant business or doing significant business with Intel. Um, again, not easy for large corporations to deal with early stage startups. So. It's a variety of ways. Uh, easiest is funding. Hardest, but more important, is business traction.
0: That is really interesting. So, what are some of the biggest trends that you're seeing in tech startups currently?
1: So, again, yeah, we have the luxury of being dealing with deep technology, and there are some fascinating things happening. You know, I, I mentioned uh, quantum and you know optical computing and photonics. So, there's some really super cool stuff happening. From that perspective, I think what's interesting and in, and different in the last year or so is the LLM and OpenAI and OpenAI is a lot in the news these days, but but they brought a big change and the big a really uh, change fundamental change in um, companies that we've seen before in new companies that uh, we see now and even pivots of companies that have done one thing before and now are changing because of OpenAI or other LLMs. And it's uh, how, how to use LLM and, and AI in a, in a big way to change the world we live in. So in biology and in security and even in space. So it's fascinating to see how these new generative AI technologies have shifted our space in a very short period of time. Now for us, it plays both on the application side, so looking at new applications in different verticals in healthcare, in as I said biology, security, others, as well as looking at the infrastructure. So what does it take to run these models? What does it mean from a power consumption? Do our, all, all everything we know about power needs to change because now there's an even even more demand for more compute uh, uh, faster than than we knew before, and um, we need we need to deal with that. We need to deal with with compute and space, a variety of things. So so it's it's look, we live in an amazing amazing time in history. And there's so many things happening around us. It's all over the place. So, um, I think a big change lately is looking at how generative AI plays a role in almost everything we do. Uh, and that's, that's amazing. And also a lot of companies that have gone away or are going away because they, um, uh, there, there are things they've done before that no one needs anymore. Right. And and that's uh, and that was fast shift.
0: Yeah, I feel like everything in recent times has moved so much faster in terms of tech development too. Everything that would usually things would come out like one at a time. Now it's kind of like a huge boom of like all these new technologies really developing really quickly.
1: Yeah, that's the the risk and the opportunity. Right? Can you move fast enough? Can you analyze what you're seeing fast enough and and operate on on you know collect the signals and and run and I think that's one of the challenge of being a founder um, is do you spend enough time to to observe these changes or do you run or, or or you you're married too much to your direction and you don't spend the time in in looking and reading and understanding what's happening in your space you know that's um, that's, again, one of these things that we will do is to make sure that you stop and, and listen and stop and think because changes sometimes are going to, uh, are, are, many times are super critical. Uh, because many things are, there's almost no constants, right? Everything is changing around us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think startups kind of have the the edge on that because they're able to kind of pivot really fast and go, okay, let's do this instead. Whereas I feel like, Sometimes big companies trying to adopt new technology have a lot longer time that they have to wait to do
1: so. And part part of the reason we exist is because we help Intel make that connection and learn faster. So we could help, you know, we see these phenomena, and we can come back and say, hey, you know, let's wake up because things are happening and we need to adapt and, and adopt and, and change fast. Um, so that's important. Other, you know, one thing I I would add um, you know we talk about the change we talk about what do you need to do in order to be successful and how you measure success and all that one of the things that we put a lot of focus on and are not talked about enough is the mental health of the founder right and this is a big deal because it, and it's a tough space and as i said the ups are ups very high and the lows are super super low and you're alone and you have investors that put a lot of money in you and you feel committed and and you have employees are coming every day they have other options they've could have gone to a, another place and you need to pay their salaries and and how do you what do you do when your most important customer just left and do you tell your board and when do you tell your board and do you tell your employees you may not be able to pay them at the end of the month or you know all these issues are super hard and we also spend time and and effort on that piece of mental health of founders. We think it's super critical. And and it's it's yet one of these other things that because we understand the psych of a founder, again all of us have been there, we, we understand how important that is.
0: Yeah. I think it is really important because sometimes it can be the mental health of a founder can be re- an afterthought even though the job of a founder can be so full on and so high stress and then there's barely any work-life balance. So one per- say if one person founded a company and is trying to do it all on their own, it's very much the business relies on them and then they have their own life outside of it. So it can everything can be really high pressure. So you talk about how you measure long term success for a business and you said one of the ways is their funding. So you work with deep tech startups. What are you seeing in terms of the investment landscape for deep tech startups? What are the trends going on?
1: So I think in early stage we still see people investing and again, we're, we're lucky that We work with a great bunch. We really work with top entrepreneurs, and they are the ones that get funded, and they're the ones that people are actually chasing to put their money in because I think that they're really amazing talent. Doing things are important to the world. So we do still see funding going on. It's harder to get funded. And what's important in many of the companies, again, not the ones that are – still deep in research, but, but the ones that are already looking at product market fit, it's harder to get get the business be- and, and convert to sales because it's the easiest time in history to start a startup. You can make a decision this afternoon you want to start a startup. It's it's as cheap as it you know, some of it is cheaper than ever, right? You 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 spin a machine on on Amazon or on Google or Microsoft or Even on the on the Intel dev cloud, you spin a new machine and and here you go, you're up and running and and you you buy a Wix site and it didn't even cost you much or and, and, and you're up and running. But on the other hand, because it's so easy to start and cheap to start, there are so many, right? The competition is super hard so how do you rise above the the noise right how do you make sure that uh you know you you've talked about the cereals at the beginning so how do you make sure that the good stuff stays on you know you, you get all the raisins on top of the milk or whatever the, the you, you get good stuff up there and and not just anything that's left on the bottom right because it's it's important so you need to move fast you need to show that you have path to revenues you have the right connection so networking is super critical. We talked about at the beginning about why accelerators. Why would I go if that program would have the right network? I would be connected to the people that will bring me my next deal, will help me get the next deal. Super, super critical. Have the right network, have the right networking, and show show path to revenues. Investors, as much as it sounds uh, silly venture capital don't like to take too much risk (laughs) they like you to to decrease the risk and the way to decrease the risk is show me where your partners and show me your path to revenues and i may you know put my money in 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 your startup so super super critical to show that and, and show that you understand what it takes to be successful we spend a lot of time in the program on Developing the right story for the startup. Now, many people would say they do that. Many people will say they do pitching, you know, they'll help you pitch, right? They'll do, they'll have a pitch clinic. What we've learned is the storytelling piece sometimes will completely pivot the startup if you do it properly. Because what we're trying to do while we're doing that is, first of all, hit all the important things for the investors, for the customers, everything that's in their mind. We want to make sure that's in the pitch. Then beyond that, we wanna make sure the pitch talks about a startup that's differentiated than the other startup that I just mentioned that are popping every every corner. How are you differentiating yourself? What do you do differently? Now, sometimes you'll figure out you'll have to pivot because the differentiation is not big enough. It's not good enough. You'll need to pivot somehow from, from what everyone else is doing to something that's more unique about you. So that's a, another area that we focus a lot on because it changes the startup many times and it's it's important that's how you know people buy a story usually investors buys a story right because not everything's in place yet and, and another thing we're trying to make it relevant for today a lot of these pitches are happening on zoom versus uh, physical so how do you do things effectively how do you do a sales session effectively on zoom or how do you pitch effectively on zoom so we try to fit to our current needs not just stay in the days of demo days, wherever you want to run stage, et cetera. So, again, I know I, I've talked about a lot of things. It, it's very broad, and startups need a lot of help, and we're trying as much as we can. There's a, You talked about investments. The other important piece, more important piece is customers, right? Because show me the business, I'll show you the, the funding. Show me the funding, I'm not sure the business will follow. So one of the programs we've launched is a program called Cab our customer advisory board, where basically we went out to mostly CIOs of Fortune 500 companies and said, hey, we will give you access to some of the best deep tech startups around the world. We want you to come and listen and be willing to sign a checkbook for programs at early state startups. Not easy because for corporates, as I mentioned before, not easy to work with early state startups. So, so we built that group of CIOs that are happy To get early access to the deep tech startup we bring to the table and we know this is the most important piece is is getting access to business so and 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 it's a learning process and we change constantly and uh, i think that's part of the beauty of it
0: yeah because you mentioned how customers are obviously super important why is customer feedback so valuable for startups
1: well it's funny we Many times when we start a program and we have startups that come with their early early customers or early engagements, and we go through the process of explaining that you know that person that they may have known before and were willing to be a first uh, a design partner or whatever is not really a customer. And you know what? No one in the world wants to buy what they're building. And if they're not going to understand how to analyze what the customer is telling them, then they're not going to build something and that someone will be willing to buy. And one of the things I love about exercising that with startups is sometimes I tell them you can actually learn more from prospects that are saying no versus prospects that are just uh, nodding and, and happy with everything you tell them. Because when someone you understand that someone is not going to buy, you may get some really great nuggets, some gold nuggets that will explain why, what would they buy and not just them, others as well. So that experience and ability to understand prospects, to understand prospects, understand what they're willing to pay for, understand what they don't want, what do they get from others? How do they look at your competition? It's super, super, super critical. And the challenge with a lot of early stage founders that are doing it for the first time, they've never sat on a customer call. they've never sold anything they may be great techies uh, but they've never done that and 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 it's critical it's important and sometimes they would even refer their sales to a channel partner and i said that's wrong early because you miss on these nuggets you miss on the deep understanding of what would pe what do people want to buy and what they don't want to buy you may not get that feedback if you work through a channel because just the deal didn't happen right so Customers are super critical to build the right product. When we talk about product market fit, the only way to get to product market fit is to be constantly open to feedback from customers and understand what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, what the competition is doing, et cetera. So it's it's one of the most critical pieces. Um, and I would even say stop writing code and wait until you have enough feedback that you know what you're writing for. Right. So. The, Probably one of the most important pieces is is how to un- understand h- how to talk to prospects and, and people that may be relevant for your, your product or service. Yeah,
0: because yeah, also at the end of the day, if loads of customers aren't actually interested in the product when it comes to it, then you could have just spent a lot of time working on something that at the end of the day, people aren't that interested in. So it always is important to gain that kind of feedback.
1: Correct and even beyond that, there might be something they're willing to pay more, right? Let's say that you you have something that you're building and they're interested. But if you understand their pains and you understand what are they're trying to solve, it might be something that may may not be that big from a change perspective to what you're building, but will create a bigger value for for the customer. One of the exercises I love doing with with startups is looking at the whole, at the whole value chain of what they're selling. So uh, you're selling a piece that solves a problem to someone, but usually that piece is part of a bigger issue that they're trying to solve. And if you understand the whole value chain of all the pieces they're buying and who they're buying it from, first of all, you understand who's risking taking your piece back. Let's say you sold it, but there's someone else that may, may uh, um, take your turf there. But also you understand what are other things they're buying and then who should you uh, cooperate with. Who should you co-sell with and maybe what are the other things you may want to build into your offering that will increase your revenues and your share of pocket from that customer. So that's a critical understanding and that's the customer understanding, the market understanding and the value chain you're operating in. Super critical.
0: Mm -hmm. It can really make the difference for a startup to just listen to feedback. So what would you say the future holds for Intel Ignite?
1: So I think we're living in in super interesting times, both in the world we live in, as well as Intel. I think Intel redefines itself. So Pat Gelsinger uh, rejoined Intel with big dreams on where he takes this company. And I think we're sitting in this amazing bridge between a company that redefines its space. And this, this amazing brand is still going to be so major and impactful in the future of technology. And we're sitting on the forefront of engaging with the disruptors of the world and how would they leverage the latest uh, processes and the latest services coming out of, of uh, Intel. And on the other hand, we're seeing these top disruptors and what they need and how does intel need to change with our product market fit and who are these new developers that we need to cater to and how do we need to change what we're building one of the things we're doing these days in intel we've announced that we built this uh, intel developer cloud and we bring a lot of our early stage startups to come and help be the design partners of Intel, not the other way around. Not the Intel is design partner for them, because the other way around. How do they born to the cloud companies? What do they need uh, when they pick their cloud provider? And how can we make sure that what we build fits these young, super aggressive, super fast startups? So that's a great match, and 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 it's great to be on that in that place. So I think the future is is driving more and more strategic value for Intel and being the best possible partner for deep tech startups. And the demand for it is is enormous. As much as we can provide it, we're going to find people that need it. I know that Intel needs it. We're in four locations. We'll probably grow to additional locations in the future. And we'll increase the number of alums we have in the program as we we help co-create a great technology future for this world.
0: That's fantastic. So before I wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to mention?
1: No, I think, look, as I said, we live in an unbelievable times. I feel very lucky that I have this opportunity to help redefine this amazing brand uh, together with some of the most amazing technology disruptors in the world. And we have really amazing founders. The, The one thing I've touched on and kind of my own personal thing lately is that Making sure that people are healthy and, and well and taking care of themselves because collapsing in the middle of this journey doesn't really help anyone. So critical piece, not being talked a lot or, or enough. And it's my, my personal thing is to make sure that people take care of themselves in this journey. And, um, it's, it's a big thing that we do here as well. And I'm very proud that the team that has taken that that responsibility to to help founders throughout that journey. And um, that's, uh, that's it.
0: It's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been great speaking to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me.
0: Yeah, thank you. And we're excited to see what startups come out of Intel Ignite next. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out Startup Magazine's socials to stay up to date on the latest startups news. Grab a bowl and dig into this. The Serial Entrepreneur by Startups Magazine. We interview the most innovative startups in the moment, entrepreneurs that are making a mark and those dedicated to helping startups succeed.